Hello, welcome back to Project Broadcast. This is Catherine Ann, Intuitive Medium, Psychic Healer, whatever I'm calling myself today. Psychic medium and intuitive healer, and with me is my brand new, super excited to announce this, I hope you can hear it in my voice, co-host and fellow psychic medium, Jenna Korzynski. Yay! Say hi, Jenna. Hello, everybody. Yes, we are so excited. Jenna's a persistent little person over there. She flat out asked me if she could co-host with me. And I said, no, I don't know. What's my show? (laughs) And then the next day I said, can you be my co-host? So here we are just jumping on this journey together. Um, Today, what we're talking about is being empathic, which is something that has super impacted both of our lives, right? Absolutely. Okay. So Being an empath, I feel like that's like something trendy right now, right? Like a lot of people talk about how they're empathic and, and it's like, it's probably one of like the most shared things I see on my Instagram, at least where it's like top 10 signs, you're an empath and it goes through all the different scenarios. Have you, do you know what I'm talking about? Am I just rambling? No, definitely. I think that so many people can relate to being an empath, especially when say like, you know, you read through the different little like markers for being an empath and you're like, wait, that's me. And it's interesting because when I started to think of myself as an empath and realized that that's what was going on with me, I I looked it up and I found out that one in five people is actually empathic. So that's quite interesting. That's 20%. That kind of shocks me. Number one, that I did that simple of math that quickly. And number two, that's a lot of people. I mean, it really is. It, and I don't mean this to sound like a jerk, but you think of how many people that we all think of as insensitive, but knowing that they're feeling all of those feelings. Well, let's let's backtrack because I think I really want people to understand what it actually means to be empathic and not just maybe some random graphic that they found on hashtag empath on Instagram or something like that. So what is it really? It's, it's feeling other people's emotions, right? But not just feeling them. It's like really taking them on. And then it's being drained by being around other people, especially when they have negative energies or even just something bad going on or energetically draining in their life, like the loss of a loved one or a breakup or anything emotional like that, right? And then what else? It- well, I just think as an empath, like, we absorb everything. Mm -hmm. It could be other people's energy. It can be residual energy from a room or a building. Um, So, I mean, and you hit the nail on the head when you said taking on other people's negativity, that, that is huge. And that's one thing that most of us empaths definitely have in common. So we're like, man, my head was messed up for so long before we realize that that's the energy going on around us. Yeah, that's what you're doing. And it's not all you and it's not it's like, I don't know about for you. But for me, my anxiety really chilled out when I realized how to protect my own energy and how to differentiate it between my own and someone else's. 100%. I feel like we get so overwhelmed and overstimulated from everything that's going on in our environment. 
and you're right. Once you learn like how to kind of control it, it, for me, it felt like an entire weight literally lifted off my shoulders. Yeah. And it's, it's also, I'm going to totally space case this thought right now. If they've listened for four episodes and they're at number five, they already know this is how this goes, right? Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, What was I going to say? It's like, I I can remember having a boss at my old job when I was waiting tables and I waited tables there for a long time. You could walk into the building and you would feel her presence there. You didn't have to know. You didn't have to see her. You could just feel her. And if any of my old coworkers are listening, you know who I'm talking about. But it would be the same with my my boss walking in the owner. You could feel if he was having a bad day or a good one before you ever set eyes on him. And it's just, I think a lot of people, like you said, 20%, if that's the real number, that's insane. That's a lot of people who are bombarded with other people. Did we just make up a word? Mum bombarded. They're mum-bombarded with other people's energy. And it's a lot. And if you think about everyone who doesn't realize that's going on, no wonder the world is full of people who are such jerks to everybody. They're overwhelmed all the time. So what what else? So it's it's also, I feel like when we say that it's absorbing everybody's energy, it's a lot of people will say, oh yeah, being around so-and-so is exhausting. But it's beyond that, right? It's like a physical fatigue. You're mentally and emotionally exhausted from just being around people. Yes, definitely. Um, Empaths definitely have stronger physical sensations than your average Joe or Jane, if you will. (laughs) So we're, when we say we're feeling everything, we are literally feeling everything. And for a lot of us, it comes out in physical ailments. And I was definitely one of those. It does. Yeah. It's actually something that's interesting. And so Jenna and I both do psychic readings for people for a living. It's part of what we do. And I don't know, I'm sure you have found when you read for someone who's also empathic or also has other intuitive abilities, do you find, I do, that you can sense like their digestive problems and you can sense their anxiety. I'm always like, do you have IBS? I am really sorry. That's an awkward question, but we need to talk about your bowel movements now because it has to do with your intuitive abilities. Am I the only one? Like you're like, no, yeah, girl, like, no, you're the one, only one. <laughs> no, no, I actually completely agree with you. When I go into readings, I always zone out and, and connect with that person right before I speak with them. And I always know the intuitives and the empaths because I get all of their physical symptoms. And I'm like, thanks for sharing that. As soon as we connected that light path, then here we are. (laughs) That's interesting. And that's, as a caveat, a really good way to show how people will ask when you're doing a reading, like, what do you, how do you, I don't know how you feel this, or I don't know how you see this, or I don't want to influence you. But just right there, the way that you prep for a reading and the way that you feel or see things during a reading is so different because I never feel their physical ailments. And that I'm understanding right now is a very huge blessing. Occasionally I'll get like a headache or something or like a fast heart rate, but I've never had like bubble guts talking to somebody with stomach issues. I'll have my attention drawn to it. I am so happy that spirit does that for me instead. 
I, I do find that I, I have to ask my guides to step in and help me out with that because it, it gets overwhelming to a point. I'm like, okay, I got it. This is what I have to say to them. When I ask them about it, it always goes away. So that, yeah, yeah I'm lucky, I guess. <laughs> so lucky. Maybe it's your stubborn nature, right? They're like, we're going to really lay this on her so she can't ignore it. You can be like, okay, guys, I get it. I've been listening for a while now. You don't have to be bossy anymore. Okay. So as an empath, how old were, how old were you when you figured this out? How many oh, today man. years old? So yeah, that's what it feels like, right? Because yeah. I, I just feel like I'm always learning and evolving and being like, oh, I can, I can try that too. But I will say my teen years, my teen years were rough um, being surrounded by a ton of other hormonal teenage girls and boys that were going through all of their own things and not realizing that I was taking all of that energy on because I am naturally drawn to being a healer. And so I naturally would want to connect with those people that were suffering. And I didn't realize that I was truly connecting. Um, but when it really settled in for me was when I took my amazing intuitive course with you and you oh, said, hi. you realize that that energy is not all your energy, right? And I was like, oh, <laughs> oh man. Do you wonder how many women in their late 20s and early 30s who wore their like thick black eyeliner and listened to My Chemical Romance just went, oh my God, that makes so much sense for me right now. <laughs> They're all like, <laughs> nailed That's it. Why I was friends with every skater and pothead there was. I needed to <laughs> save them. Yeah, but it's true. It's true. And we all probably dated our fair share of jerks who were really narcissists, right? Because we have a tendency to attract the people who are in the most pain and who want, who need that energy source from us. Absolutely. The energy vampire boyfriends. Those were fun. <laughs> or the, the parents, the energy vampire parents. I think my, my bio dad is definitely an energy vampire and I can't even... Like it makes so much sense looking back on things now. Like, holy crap, that's why you always felt so exhausted when you left his house. It was awful. Um, what can we do to protect? I feel like I want everybody to know. I feel like I'm interviewing Jenna right now, but this is our personality dynamic right here. Jenna has a notepad full of notes <laughs> so that we don't miss anything for you guys, okay? And I just stumbled out of my three-year-old's bedroom after fighting him to go to sleep for I don't even know how long, sending a picture of him to my husband saying, come get your demon, it's your turn, and then switched into the office to record. So that was my prep. This is Jenna's prep. It's much better. <laughs> so bringing her on as a co-host is really just so you guys have some sense in everything. I'm just the girl who bought a mic and said, hey, let's start a damn podcast. So Jen is here <laughs> to direct no matter what it ever feels like to me of lying to myself. Jen is the foundation here. <laughs> so <laughs> holy crap, what can we do to protect this? I know what I do. I want to hear what you do. Yeah, I mean, boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. And when you run out of ideas, set a few more boundaries. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think the biggest thing that I started doing in the beginning um, before I really knew what I was doing was saying no 
saying no to things that I felt like were going to drain my energy, saying no to negativity, um, and saying no to things that just don't bring me joy because all of that makes me feel bad and depressed and anxious. And so that, that was, that was step one for me. Yeah. (laughs) I think no to relationships that are draining as well. It's learning to put that distance between yourself and other people. Because another thing that I find in reading for a lot of empaths, and do you feel like you're doing readings for more and more intuitive people lately too? Oh, absolutely. It's crazy, absolutely. Isn't it? Yeah. So it's it's crazy, but it's also quite incredible because it feels like we're watching the world wake right. up and I kind of love it. I did a reading for someone today. We're going to talk about off air, but I did a reading for somebody today who actually was giving like half of his reading. He was giving me information and reading me as well. I was like, thank you so much for paying me to sit here today and give me a reading on top of this. It was nuts. It was absolutely, it was unforeseen. One might make the joke being that we're both psychics, but it was, <laughs> it was really, it was really incredible to see these people coming on and you're, you're right, like turning on and awakening and we get to witness it. And thank God we went through ours when we did so that we can help people go through there. So we'll talk about that another time. Cause I know you and I are going <laughs> to caveat and spin off like crazy, but as an empath, it's saying no to relationships that drain you too. And it's it can be a relationship like with, with a parent that you have an otherwise healthy relationship with. And I have to say this, no matter how unprofessional it is, no, mom, I am not talking about you. You do not drain me because I know she's probably one of my regular listeners. She better be now. But anyway, it's setting those boundaries with people that you have an otherwise healthy relationship with because sometimes even if it's something where they have they suffer from like depression and anxiety and you feel I feel as a, as an empath you feel indebted to continue to help that person because you can feel how much pain they're in but you have to be able to circle back and say no 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 I can be there for you without absorbing your energy I can listen to you I can hear your problem but I can't take on your problem because when we take on these problems and especially as parents, Jenna and I both have small children, when you take on their problems and the energy behind them, you're not absorbing them and taking them away. You're just making them your problem too, right? So now you're not in a mentally healthy state to help the person who's really the one not in a mentally healthy state. So it's super important. Those boundaries aren't just for you. They're for the people you want to be there for as well. It doesn't help you to not be helping yourself set those boundaries, if that makes sense, right? Yes, absolutely. We have to, as empaths, we have to question our emotions to know, like, wait a minute, is this my emotion that I'm feeling Or is this my son's emotion that he's feeling and I'm taking it on? Because if I don't separate myself from his emotions, I I truly can't help him. If he's stressed out and then I take that on, that equals two of us that are just stressed out. When I stop for a moment and question my emotion and say, wait a minute, is this me or am I feeling him? Then I can step back and then I can step in and help him. So questioning your emotions too is a good little like pause to do. Um, when you take on other people's stuff, because in the beginning, we don't realize if it's ours or if it's theirs. Right. 
Absolutely. And that's something that I realized my son is four and he, he has, he doesn't have sensory, anything diagnosed sensory issue, but he has very high anxiety. And I think that that is what was displaying itself as a sensory problem and vice versa. I think they probably influence each other, but he was in occupational therapy for a while for his behavioral problems or whatever you want to call them. Um, and during that time, I found that I would put my hand, my right hand over my chest, like on my heart. And I would say to myself, this is my energy. And my left hand would sit over it and kind of push his energy back to him and say, this is yours. And it wasn't an aggressive push. It wasn't even a noticeable motion. It was just myself being able to feel my heart right there. And then my other hand pushing that energy back and saying, this is not mine. That has been invaluable for us because otherwise I was 20 something years old. I'm not going to say how old I am now, but I was 20, I'm 31. I was 20 something years old, taking on the emotions of a three-year-old, of a four-year-old, of a two-year-old, like how awful someone's got to be the adult. And if my husband's not home, I guess it's me. So it definitely, it took some time to realize that I was taking on his tantrum anxiety and I was displaying it back at him. So that visual for me was huge, that visual. And then the egg thing that I know, I think you do as well, where you envision yourself in, in like a protective egg. I like to picture it like a pinky white, like a rose quartz kind of thing. And I'll put myself in an egg like that. And I'll imagine tapping the glass of the egg so I can hear it ping, ping, ping. And then I imagine that kind of deflects almost like Star Wars force field. Like you can hear it like lightsabers going bing, bing. Like that's literally what I picture. So if anyone's crap energy comes at me, it's like right back at it. And so (laughs) we're going to get so nerdy on here, aren't we? You're like, we, you. (laughs) But that's how I always picture it. And I, I need the visual and then I need the sound effects. That does it for me. That's my trick. That's what I try to teach all of my students. But I don't know. I mean, everything works differently for everyone. Yeah, for me, I do, like, a. I envision I'm, like, surrounding myself in a cozy sweater. And it's like, okay, this is my warm place. This is my safe space. And then I actually, I picked up a tip from Ambrosia Matthews, um, where she said that she imagines, yeah, she's awesome. So she imagines herself, like, behind a two-way mirror, and she can see out that energy cannot, it bounces back at the other I person. love and that. I, yeah, so that sat with me, and I was like, okay, this resonates for me. So Wait, I, Was I that on her podcast? That. It was on, she did a free um, intuitive course. Oh, okay, did, okay, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And I hopped in that, and it was the greatest takeaway that I had from it. It was just That's such a great awesome. visualization for me. That is cool. So I that, go ahead. I wanted to ask you about your son. So both of us have children that are also empathic. And do you find that they get so overwhelmed that they just have to have alone time? And like, yes. And that's something through occupational therapy he was able to identify. So now he'll be, and I I really want to clarify. So I have two boys. They're 17 months apart. And I have another one due in like 12 weeks, which is, mind-numbing to me. But that's a story for a different episode regardless because that's a good story. But anyway, the youngest right now who will soon be the weird middle child, I can say that I'm the weird middle child, 
he is not tapped in at all. He's like his, I mean, his dad's probably more spiritually, his dad, my husband, that sounds terrible. His dad is probably more spiritually aware than he is. And I don't think it's something he'll ever really grow into. He's just like, this is the world that he sees and that's all there is to it. But oh my God, the oldest will now remove himself from a situation when he's really mad. He'll say, I just need to be alone. And he'll walk away or he'll walk away mid argument. And I, I have to remind my husband, like, Hey, he's not walking away out of disrespect. He's removing himself from the situation. We have to respect that. We'll teach him as he gets older to say, excuse me, I need a minute, but let's let him express this right now. And then on top of that, he's also a Scorpio. So for my astrology loving friends, you know, that means he is in a glass case of emotions all the time. It is insane. He has the most feminine energy. He has the biggest emotions. And I very much have a masculine energy. I, at least I think I do. I think I have a masculine energy and I dominate situations and it is very difficult to face him when he's in his emotional turmoil because I handle it. I feel like the stereotypical man is just like, can you stop? That's enough. I don't know how to handle it behind, like beyond that. And with my youngest, I can just go, that's enough. You're acting crazy. And he'll probably say, you're acting crazy. And then it's over. Or he's up until <laughs> nine o'clock at night acting like the spawn of Satan himself. So, I mean, either way, either way, yeah. but he's not emotional. And then there's that. But then <laughs> your two, your two are both very intuitive. Oh, yes. Yes. So we, we that's one thing that we all need in, in- my household, because my my husband is also more connected than he'd like to admit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and um, alone time is huge for us. And I think that's just, we have to separate ourselves from other people's energy at certain points. So it's interesting. My daughter is going to be three next month. And she already says, I want to go play in my room. And she has to go in her room and she closes her door and she will play. And she enjoys being by herself. And Good. I know that it's like a reset recharge for her. And she comes back out and she's like, okay, I'm, I'm ready to drive you guys crazy again. And we get right back into it. But um, yeah, that alone time is is big, um, especially when you have two little empathic children running around that have a lot of energy that they're taking on from everybody around them. <laughs> Which makes it harder for you too, because then you feel the pressure to keep your energy in check. Absolutely. I think that adds to it. And this is like during this time with being in the middle of the coronavirus pandemic for anyone who listens to this in like five years when we're still going strong and we've got these archives back here. um, This is in the middle of the corona pandemic and emotions are running high for people. But for myself, my husband and I being home together, I think for a lot of people, that's like their worst nightmare. But it's been really good for us. I didn't think that it would be, to be completely honest. I thought we were going to kill each other. He does still go to the office two days a week. So that's nice, but it's only until like lunchtime. So regardless, his being home more and our getting along even better, our oldest is Wesley. He's flourishing now. He's doing so well because of that energy shift. And I know that's what it is. And my getting more grounded and being calmer lately too, with having that extra help, 
has shifted things there as well. So he definitely, he feels it and they pick up on it and kids pick up on everything anyway. And then you add that part where they're empathic and really feeling things. It it can be difficult. Yes. Do you guys feel um, with the pandemic and everything going on that you, you have to get outside more frequently than you would have pre-pandemic? So I think for us, this is also worth mentioning, Jenna's in upstate New York and I'm in Virginia Beach, Virginia. So our weather might be a little bit different and I try not to brag about mine on my end, but she's lying. She, she brags. She's lying. All the time. I send <laughs> pictures of the sunshine and like, eat it, Jenna. But oh, it's not spiritual. We are like the most crass <laughs> spiritual people that I know. I love it. So yeah. we um the question, the answer to the question, we already spend a lot of time outside and most of the activities we would do like the zoo and, and different things like that, the botanical gardens, they're all outdoor activities. So that's something I realized very early on with Wesley prior to kids outside was not my thing unless I was at the beach, didn't care, but Wesley needs to get outside. And it, it's so funny. You can be in the middle of this work. You can be a psychic you can be an empath, you can be aware of all of this. And only now is it dawning on me why when he was smaller, it was so important to get outside with him. Absolutely, though, he needs to be outside. And sometimes when he's in that Scorpio pit of emotions, he's like, I just need to go outside today. Yeah, you do. Let's go. So yes, I do feel we need to be outside more. But I think that's for me, not so much for them, because they will be outside running through the dirt and the mud. We have a dig pit for them too. So they play construction like barefoot. If I can keep pants and a shirt on them, it's an impressive day. They're outside in the dirt, filthy every single day. If we're going somewhere, we have to like seriously keep the doors locked and barricaded. You're not going outside because you're going to be a mess in five seconds. So yeah, we spend a lot of time out there to ground and to really take care of ourselves like that. It's so important. And then being pregnant too. Good Lord, I just need to be out there in the dirt, you know? Why? Do you guys, are you guys outside more? Put me in the dirt. Put me Um, in the dirt. Yes. Yeah, put me in the dirt and give me some sunshine and I'm good. Yes. Um, yes. So Cameron, my oldest, was actually struggling because he's in the first grade this year and they weren't getting that free time, that recess, yeah. that outdoor play enough. Um, and obviously through the winter months here, we get outside and we can, but there are days where it's like you can't go out Bridget. your nose is going to freeze off. Um, so we've been spending a ton more time, (laughs) we've been spending a ton more time outdoors and I see his whole spirit lifting and it's just phenomenal and he loves to explore and, um, my daughter thinks she's a fairy and it's fine and it's That's adorable and she is a fairy. I love that. We, I, I, you know, it's interesting since coming into this work, I've noticed the people in my own family we're very aware, but unaware of how spiritually connected they are. And it's looking at people like my brother who tends to have very high anxiety. I'm just like, Jake, you've got to tap in. He's so connected too. And if he would listen, his anxiety would be so much better. 
but he doesn't get it. He doesn't get it. He will also never listen to this no matter how many times I say. In fact, he'll probably start lying about seeing, like listening to it. So this will be a fun one to quiz him on. But he's like watching that energy just not meet that connection. It's infuriating to me because I know how much better I feel. And that's um, that's something worth, it's kind of a segue without getting into too much like personal stuff. People who are empathic, who don't understand it, make up a large population of the addict community as well. So when you don't have an outlet and you have all of these emotions, you numb. And you find a lot of people, and it's really unfortunate, even doing readings for people who are looking for a medium reading for someone who committed suicide, trying to connect to that person, I find a lot of them have had some sort of, I'm always like, they were too sensitive for this world. They had too much going on. They didn't know what to do with it. That's why they drank. That's why they smoked. That's why they did heroin. Whatever it is, they were numbing out from all of these emotions. So you see a lot of alcoholics who are empaths trying to numb out. And before I was really connecting, and even when I started to, that was huge for me, drinking to numb, numb, numb. So that's even something like moving through this pregnancy at the end of it makes me nervous being able to drink again. How am I going to handle that? Because that's my instant go-to when I'm overwhelmed. And that's something I haven't had now. So I know I don't need it, but knowing it's available again, right? Like, is it going to be a nice glass of wine at the end of the day or does it turn into a bottle or two? So I think that's something that people who are spiritually inclined and especially empathic need to be very aware of is how they do around substances. Yes, definitely. Um, numbing those emotions, like you hit the nail on the head with that. That is what so many of us end up doing. Um, and it's interesting because once I realized what was going on with me, that I was empath, that the ability to connect and then learned how to ground and protect it shifted things for me um I used to laugh and say I was like a weekend warrior and I had to have you know my cocktails every single weekend um and I find that I'm not doing that anymore because now I'm grounding myself I'm protecting my energy and my vibe is high just because of all that stuff and I don't feel like I need a substance or a drink to get me to that level I just feel good it is you're high on life, but that's really a thing. Once you Jenna really is high on life. Others over <laughs> here are mourning the loss of Rosé during quarantine and wondering why the hell this surprise baby number three had to choose her. But we will all find out. For anyone who is on the Marina IUD, this is your disclaimer that that's what I got pregnant on. We are, however, very excited for unnamed child number three to join us. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not a girl. And no, we are not trying again for a girl because that's not what we were doing. So those questions are off the table. We got it out of the way. We got nice and awkward. And let's, I want to make sure that we give people a really good idea on what to do if they feel like they're empathic. So definitely staying away from substances until you learn to get a hold on your energy and on how to harness it and protect yourself from it. Number two, the idea of sitting in your energy and someone else's understanding kind of how, how do we, how do you explain to someone to do that? How do, how do you identify what's yours and what's not? 
Well, for me, you know, I have to sit and literally have an internal conversation with myself. So I do, I put my hand right over my heart and I'm like, okay, do I have any reason to feel anxious right now? Is there anything that is making me feel super sad right now? I literally ask myself those questions. And if I cannot identify what the cause would be, that's how I know I'm picking up that from somebody else or something else. Did you telepathically send that to me? Because I just started doing that a couple weeks ago. I, I sat there and I was like, this is not my anxiety. And I looked at my husband. And I said, Michael, what the F is wrong with you today? <laughs> He's like looking at me like I'm crazy, but I was right. It was him. He was anxious and he was in his head, but he's very disconnected from his emotions. So you have to kind of guide him to it. Okay. What is it that you're anxious about? Let's figure it out. But that's good. I like that. Sit in it and really feel it, feel it out. Do you have any reason to be nervous or anxious? Um, I think it, I remember when I, when you were my student, did we talk about sitting with the energy of, of this is going to sound really weird, sitting with the energy of dead people and then sitting with the energy of people in your life who are alive. Did you do that? Yes, we did. Do okay. that. And actually, that was instrumental for me because I, need to I do that connect now. just as well. Well, see, I connect to living energy just as well as I connect to past energy. So I really need like, I needed to do that so that I could get used to the, the difference in the feeling of it. It's so crazy. I'm still reeling over the day that I was like, no, you're a very strong medium. And you're like, ah, yeah, I don't know. Are you serious right now, girl? <laughs> so, okay. The reason I bring that up, though, is because if you you can apply that to your energy and other people's energy as well. So we say that because as mediums, if you're connecting to the energy of someone who is deceased, it's going to feel different than if you're connecting to the energy of a living person. And if it doesn't, you can practice sitting in one or the other and see how people who are still living make you feel when they're on your mind and see what your energy feels like when you sit with someone who has passed. So for anyone who's taken one of our classes, that makes sense to you. Otherwise, we just sounded like two crazy women talking about dead people, which you're going to get a lot of on this show, I think. Um, but overall, if you sit in your energy when you are having an anxious day and you can feel in your body what that looks like, identify the markers. Like, are you sweating? What is this? What does your heart rate feel like? What is it that you're nervous about? Is there something you're nervous about? And then the next time you're feeling it, see it if it feels different. See what's going on in your own head and what's going on physically within your body that you're having a reaction to so that you can kind of identify like, is this yours? Is this someone else's? And then ground and protect. And by that, let's, I mean, there are a million different tips out there for grounding, but we've already talked about putting your feet in the dirt. Huge. It's a really big deal. We spend a lot of time outside and I've always been the barefoot person. My husband's always like, your feet are filthy. I'm like, it's fine. It's fine. It's summertime here. We're already back doors open. We're in and out all day. So my feet are filthy and I feel good. So good. Um, putting your feet in the dirt, getting yourself out in the sunshine is going to help raise your vibration and help you ground as well. And even if the sun's not shining, just being outside in that fresh air is going to help. Uh, what else? Picturing your feet, like having roots shooting into the earth and breathing in that for a good couple of seconds. I always have my hand over my heart when I do that, I think, too, like thinking about what I look like when I do it. Feeling your breath, counting your breath, meditation, coloring, 
Coloring's huge. If you ever book a mediumship reading with me and you hear scratching in the background, I'm coloring while I'm doing that. Um, what else? It's we, so therapeutic. It is so, so therapeutic. therapeutic. And it frees up your mind so that you're not focused on on whatever you're trying to talk about. I would I would be coloring right now if the mic wasn't going to pick it up. <laughs> I really would. Uh, what else? Eating root vegetables. So like yes. carrots, potatoes, beets. Are beets a root vegetable? I don't know. Carrots and potatoes. So. That's we're what I got. Say yes. We're going to say yes. They <laughs> can are. Google that. Not, then somebody will tell us. What <laughs> I like to do like mudras and tapping. Ooh, yeah, you do. Okay. Them, so. Yes. Jenna is, we got to get on doing some videos sometime soon because you with your mudras, I love it. Um, if you don't know what a mudra is, Google it. No, what is a mudra? Tell people who don't know. Oh, dear. Um, it's like... Uh, hand <laughs> positions, right? Yeah, so they're different hand positions. And when you touch your fingers together in different ways, it helps you kind of release emotions. And I, I just, I find myself, I find myself doing it. And I didn't even know it was a, it was a yeah. thing. And There's I, a couple finger thing. positions I find that I'm like, oh, that is something that helps with this. That makes sense. Especially like the, the third eye connector. I noticed my Reiki instructor would do like whatever it was. And you guys can't see us, obviously, but he would be doing this position all the time. What is he doing with his hands? That doesn't look natural. And then I realized it was to help channel energy to your third eye. I was like, that makes sense. That makes so much sense. Okay. So Eating your veggies, high-protein diet. People are going to argue over whether that means plant-based or not. So that's up to you and your dietary needs and desires. No one's going to tell you not to eat a cow on this show. Um, <laughs> eat as many cows as you want if that floats your boat. And then what else? Getting outside, being in nature, grounding. Grounding does not mean lowering your vibration either. I think people hear grounded and they think you're like, low frequency, but vibration is actually the frequency within your body, right? The frequency of your soul, how you're vibrating like that. Uh, that's hard to explain, isn't it? So I, I think that grounding is like leveling it out, mm -hmm. right? Like it's, grounding is so it's not too low. And it's, it's the not balance. Too high. You get like this balance. It's yeah. the balance of the uh, mind, body and soul to the earth, connecting yes. it to the earth so that it's not kind of running ecstatic or Ecstatic? Sure. It's not running haywire. Um, I think without really getting into any too crazy psychic medium-y type stuff, that about wraps it up on what it's like to be an empath, right? So it's really important to protect your energy. And if you have questions about it, hit us up on Facebook or Instagram, both of us will have our accounts linked. We do not have an official podcast page yet. That's something we will work on. But for the time being, we're just figuring out, figuring it out as it goes, as I'm figuring out the English language as we go. Jenna and I have a special language together. We call the blah blahs. So yeah. good luck figuring it out, I guess. Right. Um, yeah. So we'll post all of our links below. Um, check us out on Patreon. We have a lot of stuff coming up. For, which we'll also link for like monthly mediumship circles and different membership levels there. And we'll be releasing more membership levels as time goes on. But for the time being, unless Jenna, do you have anything else? I do not. Come on. That was a lot of notes. That was a lot of notes. I, I think the most important thing to like 
drive home is that if people think that they are an empath and they don't know what to do, definitely, like you said, reach out to one yeah. of us because we love to talk all things woo-woo and we will help you. We, will we love to talk, you. really, too. So know that if you reach out to Jenna, you'll get more straightforward answers. If you reach out to me... <laughs> It's going to take a couple of squirrels and a lot of inappropriate jokes to get you there, but we will get there. <laughs> it might be the long way around, but we will get you there. Um, yeah, reach out to us and don't forget to leave a review on iTunes. Did you know Spotify, you can't leave a review? Yeah, that's weird. I tried to leave a review. That's bull, huh? So we're going to try to get this up on a couple more platforms as well, but for now, if you're on iTunes, leave us a review and we will be pulling names from there at the end of May. Since we launched so late into April, we'll be pulling names at the end of May for a free reading on the show. If you don't want a free reading on the show, please leave a review anyway. We love you. We want you to help us spread healing into the hearts and souls of everyone possible so that we can all learn how to connect with ourselves and with other people on a greater, more compassionate level. And for today, that is Project Healing. We will see you guys next Wednesday. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.